Blog Talk Radio. And now, Geico Saving Stories. Russell Burton closed his laptop, having just switched his car insurance to Geico. He didn't think much of it until... Savings were everywhere. My pockets, uh, wallet, bank accounts. It was like the savings were following me. Following, indeed. All because of an innocent 15 minutes on Geico.com. I feel like I'm never alone. Geico. Spend 15 minutes and 15% or more in savings could be following you. K-I-R-P Radio!
KIRP Radio! Good evening. You're listening to KIRP Radio Show. That is Keeping It Real. Pudgy Miller, guest host Rocco P. Tonight is last Friday night of the month. It's also last Friday night of the year. I myself could not think of a better way to spend this evening in part than by doing a show to review last year and to take a look ahead to see what may be what may be expected in the year to come. If you're listening live, I will get you on the air. Call 563-999-3683. That is 563-999-3683. I will get you on the show. When 2020 ended, uh, I would have to say I did not uh, I did not expect that 2021 would be better in many ways. It really was better. Uh, it could be in part that I, like others, were just conditioned to the medical martial law in the states, at least. I would say you can make a very you can make a very good case that 2021 was not as bad as 2020. When you say the psyop, the uh, COVID-19 PSYOP, and I do consider it a psychological operation, which is a military term. As I've said before, I will probably say again, SARS-CoV-2, which is the virus that allegedly causes the condition, the illness of COVID-19 has never been isolated. It's never been isolated. You do some research on Koch's postulates, Koch's postulates, SARS-CoV-2 has never been isolated, not with humans. The entire COVID-19 operation was completely a psychological operation. Essentially everything they've said has been a lie. The test that they've used, the PCR test, is not a diagnostic test. In other words, not designed to, it was not designed by the person who developed it, Kerry Mullins, to determine if anyone's ill. It's a forensic test. They run cycles to see what could possibly be going on, but was never diagnostic tested term illness, and they know that. The PCR test was only given emergency use authorization, and surprise, surprise, that emergency use authorization expires today. According to the CDC, it will not be renewed, if only if not in its current form. So just consider the implications of that alone. COVID-19 was said to be a worldwide pandemic and a threat, essentially based upon cases, essentially based upon cases. There were no cases apart from the PCR test, none. You saw the mind control rife with people and that early on especially, now people get tested for different reasons because they place restrictions upon people, but early on, people want to get tested to find out if they were ill. Uh, traditionally, you don't need to get tested. You know if you're ill. Uh, you know if you're ill. When the numbers came out, even the CDC admitted the uh, mortality, the infectious mortality rate was less than tuberculosis and even less than the seasonal flu. So all this to radically tran- transform society. That, and for many other reasons, is why I said COVID-19 has been a psychological operation or a psyop. It's been a pandemic, or as James uh, James Corbett would call it, a scam-demic. 
based upon lies. But I, I did think when 2020 ended, I, I really I did not uh, expect 2021 to be better. In many ways, it was, at least in the States, at least in the States, because the restrictions, the lockdowns are largely eased. Not so in Australia, not so in New Zealand, uh, not so in the UK and in uh, a number of other European nations, but in the United States. And once again, I've said this before, I think largely due to the fact that there's massive gun ownership, private gun ownership. The state doesn't have that monopoly on firearms. That's part of the reason the states has enjoyed a better situation, not an ideal situation over the last year. And we shall see, we'll get into the show later, what we may be facing, what may be expected uh, in the year ahead. I did think in, uh, did think at the end of last year, and the PSYOPs started full-blown in the States, you'd say around end of February, early March of 2019. But uh, I anticipated uh, in 2021 that there would be worse lockdowns in the States. That did not happen. That did happen in Australia and New Zealand. They're much further down the pike much more advanced medical martial law police state in those countries. And once again, I largely attribute that not exclusively, but largely, largely due to the fact that those nations have been disarmed, the people have been disarmed. Uh, I do anticipate that, uh, I guess I'll make the same prediction, if you call it a prediction, or uh, I would expect in 2022, what I expect in 2021, that there will be more severe and draconian lockdowns coming this year. It'd be great the end of next year if I'm alive. Uh, faith doesn't become sight if I'm not with the Lord, directly, not indirectly. Uh, it'd be great to look back and say, oh, that's great, two years ago I was long. I was wrong, there wasn't worse lockdowns in the States. The reason I say now uh, is because after the so-called Delta variant, and if you didn't get the memo, uh, when they talk about Delta variant, Omicron variant, they're using the same PCR test. There is no distinction. There's, there's no way to determine this. And again, the SARS-CoV-2 virus has never been isolated to begin with. But even if it was, and even if the PCR test was accurate, and it's not, there's no separate test for these variants. They just make this up. In any case, uh, they're, they're, they're basically saying now they're creating a lot of fear in the U.S. and abroad over the alleged Omicron variant. So we'll see at this point. At this point, they're, they're rashing up the case numbers. So I do anticipate that uh, this winter, by the end of this winter, it uh, definitely will be much worse. We shall see. I would enjoy being wrong two years in a row. Uh, I do think there's, uh, there's good reasons for hope. Uh, there's good reasons for hope when you look at the propaganda battle. When you look at the the battle, the battle and propaganda for the minds of the people, uh, there is some reason for hope. If if the power elite, otherwise known as the New World Order, if they thought there was absolutely no chance, absolutely no chance that the people could regain power, they would not care about prominent people those who can influence others, making statements against the narrative. The last show I did, I had spoken about Nicki Minaj. I'll review some of that information tonight. I'll also talk about 
uh, MVP quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Nicki Minaj has a tremendous amount of influence in the broader culture. Uh, total followers on Instagram is 150,464,000. Total followers on Twitter, 22.8 million. So going back to September 13th, Nicki Minaj tweeted this. This in part started a controversy. This is what she wrote. This is what she tweeted on September 13th, 2021. My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. Okay, that was it. I'll read that tweet again. All tweets are short. My cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His testicles became swollen. His friend, his friend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl called off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision, not bullied. That started a firestorm of controversy. Uh, Nicki Minaj was brutally attacked in the CIA-controlled mainstream media. Uh, they started saying things like, there were headlines, at least one, saying like, Nicki Minaj will not get the vaccine because she's afraid of getting swollen testicles. Now, of course, they know she did not say that. But they do that to intentionally just make, make people that oppose the narrative look foolish. And they know some people just read the headlines, knowing that there'd be a certain percentage that would read that and say, well, obviously she's a complete idiot because she doesn't have testicles. Uh, and we won't get into transgender stuff tonight, but she's not, she's not an advocate of that. She's a biological woman and uh, no indication that she would want to be otherwise, which is good. In any case, uh, this controversy was also exacerbated by the fact that she chose not to go to this gala event at the Met, I believe, in New York City because she refused to get vaccinated. So around the same time, I don't know if that was right before or after September 13th, she made it public in passing. She says, I'm not going to this event, this gala event at the Met, because I'm not getting vac vaccinated. My decision. Okay, it used to be, at least in the uh, neoliberal world, my body, my choice, but no more. No more. They no longer believe in bodily autonomy, at least not when it comes to experimental gene therapies. It's no longer your body, your choice. So that, that started up uh, a firestorm of controversy. And... Uh, when you when you look at those tweets, I'm not going to go through all of them. Then in September, I don't know if it went through October. It was amazing because you had someone like Tucker Carlson. And I wouldn't I wouldn't uniformly endorse Tucker Carlson. Anyone that's on Fox News or any major media outlet is owned. Okay, that's just the reality. And when I say CIA-controlled media, I do mean it is controlled directly or indirectly uh, by those elements in the government. So Tucker Carlson will say. Yeah, much of which I agree with. But he's not going to talk about 9-11 truth. He's not going to talk about the fact that uh, jet fuel doesn't melt steel. He won't talk about things like that. Uh, I don't think, too, he's ever talked about the fact, I may be wrong in this point, he's never talked about the fact that if the vaccines are safe and effective, why doesn't Rand Paul or someone else in Congress immediately demand 
that the blanket legal immunity be removed from Pfizer, Moderna, and the other manufacturers of vaccines. If they are safe and effective, then why not take away their blanket legal immunity? So we're in, we're in this perverse world whereby people are being coerced directly and indirectly to take experimental gene therapy. Yet the manufacturer of what I call the clot shot or the bioweapon can't be sued. You can't sue your doctor. Most doctors, I'd say, are ignorant. They don't believe in informed consent. They just believe what they see on the TV. You can't sue your doctor. So then do you sue your employer? They make that a condition of employment. And one thing else you should know is that uh, what they've done with the military has been very, very illegal because they've tried to coerce people serving in the military to take it, but it's still emergency use authorization. The only product that is not EUA or emergency use authorization isn't available in the States. It's like this thing from Pfizer called Comiarty or something, Comiarty. It's not available, not, and not in the States at least. So they just, it's just lies upon lies. Robert F. Kennedy's junior organization, Children's Health Defense, won somewhat of a victory in federal court over that because the military argued they could coerce people to take it in the military because it's essentially the same as the product has been approved. But that's the whole reality. It's not, okay? Based upon their own silly FDA rules, once, once, once one vaccine is approved, the others that are EUA would have to be yanked from the market. So the mere fact that you have multiple vaccines, they say, they claim then, they lied about Pfizer. If, if, if in the United States a Pfizer vaccine was available, there was not emergency use authorization, that and that alone could only be used. The others would have to be pulled from the market until they were approved. So that would involve the Janssen vaccine and Moderna. I'm not sure AstraZeneca is available in the States. But that's what they'd have to do. So even based upon their own, their own rules, they just continue to lie and misrepresent themselves. Back to Nicki Minaj again. She started this, I think, walked into it, but she didn't back down from the fight back on September 13th. And you saw a lot of idiocy. You saw Fauci saying there was nothing in the vaccines that could cause any damage to the testicles. All you have to do is check the VAERS, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System report. Back then, around early October, roughly, I'd say, maybe mid-October, there was a report of well over 20 people that had admitted, that, that had men that had said there was damage to their testicles after taking the clot shot. And once again, as I've said before, and I will say again, there's a Harvard study, and there's another study out there that say, all the numbers that are reported on VAERS is massively underreported. What's reported on VAERS, VAERS is only 1% to 10% of total injuries. So right now, today, there's over 20,000 deaths reported on VAERS. That, that could easily be 2 million. I'm guessing it would be closer to around 1.5 million. But anywhere, it's only 1% to 10% that gets reported traditionally with VAERS. They don't make it easy to report, and it normally gets underreported when people don't experience adverse effects quickly. Gets underreported. So Fauci once again lied when he said Nicki Minaj's 
story about uh, the cousin's friend and the problem with his testicles had no basis in science. See, what Fauci says, and to him, he, he's, the, he's the arbiter of reality. He, he determines what science is. But no, he lied yet again, just like the flip-flop on the masks and on and on and on and on. And, on. and of course, Trump didn't fire Fauci. Trump, unfortunately, was owned and is owned. No reason to believe otherwise. Or he would have never, ever, ever endorsed these plot shots if he was known, among other things, but especially that. So Nicki Minaj then gets attacked because Tucker Carlson just basically said it's a good thing that, that she was asking these questions. Then people under severe mind control who interact with her on Twitter start saying, you know, he's, he's a white supremacist, which Tucker Carlson's a lot of things. He may be, he may be CIA asset. Uh, he's not a white supremacist, though. There's other white supremacists that are you know, federal agents of the federal government that are assets of the federal government. He's not one of those, though. So she started rightly you know, criticizing these people that were criticizing her, saying, dummy, you can't think for yourself. Just so asking a question from someone, even if he was and he's not, so that, so I can't, I can't ask questions or I, I can't, I can't uh, express approval over someone commending me for asking questions. Yeah, that's how they want the country polarized. They don't want people thinking rationally. They don't want people thinking calmly. They don't want people ask, asking legitimate questions that the establishment does not want you to ask, such as, again, the legal liability. If, as we're told constantly ad nauseum, they are safe and effective, there's been no long-term studies, lie. Safe and effective, uh, they skip the animal studies, lie. Traditional vaccine protocol based upon existing methods was seven to ten years to get it approved. This was done less than a year with new biotechnology safe and effective. Finally, if it's safe and effective, once again, I would stress to anyone who's willing to look at this rationally and then say, why, unlike any other product, can, I mean, a drug manufacturer can be sued for a drug. Why can't a vaccine manufacturer be pursued then for a vaccine if they are, as we're told, constantly safe and effective? Nicki Minaj, to her credit, understood what was happening, that she was not only being castigated and vilified and misrepresented, but she was very concerned over the mind control of people saying that she can't ask questions or she can't communicate with anyone who isn't necessarily politically correct uh, based upon her traditional base, which I'd say was, would probably be you know, somewhat neoliberal for the most part. So she, uh, she did respond. She did respond well. I don't know if it completely ended, but she did. She did make a state. She did make some statements on Instagram that was it was extremely, extremely interesting. If we could pull this up here, I don't know if I have it. Let's see. I'm not sure we do. It was a very good statement that she had made. Uh, 
sure if I could find it. So I had it pulled up. And she correctly identified how dangerous it was for people to say that they cannot ask questions and they can't communicate with anyone. They can't communicate with anyone uh, who doesn't line up with them politically. That, that you just uh, your communications eliminated if someone who traditionally would disagree with you would just then agree with you. Then that they want people so polarized. You say, oh, well, so Tucker Carlson uh, commended or you know was pleased with the fact that Nicki Minaj asked these questions, and then Nicki Minaj just gave him a thumbs up or something, and so then that that made her evil. Uh, that that was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. Uh, I'm not sure I could find that. I wish I would have. It disappeared. Maybe it's a conspiracy again. I don't know. I'm not sure. But it was a. Uh, it was amazing. It was amazing what she did say. Uh, it really. It really was amazing what she did say, that she could make the statement, again, that uh, there is, there's something deeply wrong and it is actually dangerous when the powers that be don't want you communicating. Uh, When you can't, when things are so polarized, you can't even ask a question, or you can't even uh, agree with someone. (laughs) You can't even agree with someone that says, okay, well, in this area, I think it's good. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good that you said this. It's it's good that you asked that question. So it was amazing. At one point, she got invited to the White House because they saw with you know they were losing narrative with her, and then she accepted and then they they said uh, she wasn't really invited to the White House. she was invited to speak with some some advisors or something, and of course they lied because I think they knew they couldn't risk the fact if she showed up and they couldn't flip her, then it would have been it would have completely would have completely blown up in their faces. That's what I think happened there. But that just goes to show, once again, what I said before, how terrified they are simply of having a conversation. They, when I say the narrative, the narrative being lost, they just want to control everything that people are saying. And, again, they're just terrified. <laughs> they're terrified when people think outside the box. They just don't want that, and that's part of that's part of the polarization with the left versus right, with the left versus right nonsense. Because if people could just will just react for or against someone, then there's absolutely no problem whatsoever. There's no problem whatsoever controlling them because it's very very easy. But when you realize, hey, there's a whole lot of issues like the big ones like this vaccine and the fact that the vaccine manufactures legal immunity. That's not even an issue. That's just the greed. 
at a presuppositional level by both the left and the right. No one, no one wants to deal with that. No one wants to deal with that. And she put her finger, she put her finger on that really, really well, extremely well. Okay, there's some profanity in this. I pulled it up. Uh, but again, I, I can't tweet that, so uh, you are listening with your family. If there are any children, certainly I understand. Uh, you may not want them to hear this because she unfortunately does use some profanity. But in a few in a few minutes, this is pretty much the way the controversy ended for her. I don't think she said much after this. She summed up uh, how she felt. You can't speak for the fear of the mob attacking you. If that doesn't give you chills up and down your fucking spine, this is scary. You should be able to ask questions about anything you're putting inside your body. We, we, can, we ask a bunch of questions about about the most simple thing. Oh, bitch, how that, how that glue work? Do that glue, do that, do that glue really, um, keep the wig down for how many hours? Oh, because if I go in the pool and if I sweat it, what that bitch, how that? But you can't just innocently ask a question about something going on in your body. Do y'all realize that I remember going to China and they were telling us, you know, cannot speak out against, um, you know, the, the people in power there, etc. And I remember all of us thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, we understand, we respect the, the laws here, and, and, you know, that it's so different where we live. But don't y'all see what's fucking happening? Don't y'all see that we are living now in that time? where people will turn their back on you, not agreeing, but people will isolate you if you simply speak and ask a question. Once again, Nicki Minaj uh, nailed it, uh, just asking a question and the way a mob would attack you. Again, I haven't followed it closely. I think that was her final response to the controversy. I'm not sure. But the mainstream media seems to have backed off. Perhaps they realized if they continued to poke her, she was not going to acquiesce. She wasn't going to capitulate. She wasn't going to admit she was wrong. She certainly wasn't going to apologize for asking questions. But to her credit, she understands what's at stake with her analogy there with China when you you can't criticize those in power. And here, it's you can't criticize those in power, but you can't criticize their positions, particularly in this area of the vaccine where both the so-called left and the so-called right agree with it and agree to the lie that these bioweapons, these clot shots are safe and effective, yet, yet the manufacturers have blanket legal immunity. I love the fact that she talked about the simple analogy uh, as a black woman saying, like, yo, we ask a bunch of questions about all about, you know, 
tons of things like, yeah, if you're going to use this glue, how long is it going to hold a wig or a hairpiece in? Uh, yet you can't ask questions about something you're literally going to put into your body. <clears throat> she, uh, she nailed it. Uh, she nailed it to her credit. To her credit, she definitely nailed that. In the sports world, uh, Aaron Rodgers created a storm because I think it was in August. He was asked point blank during an interview if he was vaccinated. And I looked at part of the clip at that. I, get, I don't know if it was a post-game or a pre-game show. It looked like a pre-game press, post-game press conference. And he said he was immunized. He didn't say he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized. And I'm not sure if he – I don't think he clarified much after that. So he was then – he was then castigated, he was vilified by the CIA-controlled media, people coming out of the woodwork, uh, people including Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> to a lesser extent Michael Strahan on, uh, on uh, Fox Sports, NFL commentators on Fox Sports, saying, yeah, oh, yeah, he had lied and this and that. So they wanted to make the issue they lied. They didn't want to make the issue of uh, what was his reasons for not taking the clot shot. They don't want that debate again. They don't want that. So that created that created quite quite the controversy. And Aaron Rodgers just gives some background. I don't know much about his personal life as as a football player. He's he's one of the great one of the living players that one of the greatest living players. Uh he's been the NFL's M V P I believe three times. He was MVP last year, now he's 37. So obviously, he takes incredible care of his body to be playing at that high level at that age. Uh, NFL players normally, particularly quarterbacks, they normally do not last that long. They don't. Someone like uh, Tom Brady, too, who's older, you know, they're, they're an anomaly. But they uh, also, size of, size of the genes, uh, these are people that have incredible discipline as far as their workout regimen and how and what they eat. Aaron Rodgers' father was a chiropractor. Traditional chiropractic does not advocate the use of pharmaceutical drugs, period. Every pharmaceutical drug, with the exception of an antibiotic, will only treat the symptom, not the, not the cause, and have side effects. Okay? Every pharmaceutical drug, with the exception of an antibiotic, an antibiotic will only treat the symptoms, not the cause, and we'll have side effects. Traditional chiropractors know that, so Aaron Rodgers was probably raised in the home where he knew those things, and that has probably, in part, shaped him. Aaron Rodgers is not a political person. Uh, he, he had said in one interview I listened to uh, he would not go on Fox or CNN, and, uh, yeah, that's his choice, but he did talk to... to Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee has his own show. Pat McAfee's an interesting character. He was a punter for the Colts. And he has his own show. It's on Sirius now. And uh, it also gets archived on YouTube. I think you can listen to it on the live streams on YouTube. And uh, Pat McAfee's very successful what he does. This is a piece from December 9th. The Pat McAfee show gets $30 million per year in Blockbuster Fan Dual Deal. The Pat McAfee Show gets $30 million per year in blockbuster FanDuel deal. FanDuel is a a sports betting website. I'll read part of this piece from the post dated December 9th. 
this year. And what might be the richest talent in sports media history? Fan Duel, D-U-E-L, has reportedly signed a contract with the Pat McAfee show worth in the vicinity of $30 million annually. McAfee, whose show already had a sponsorship deal with FanDuel, confirmed in a YouTube video whose show has, re- has re-upped with FanDuel for an absurd amount of money on a four-year deal with an opt-out after three years. NFL insider Ian Rappaport was first the news that an extension had been reached. Uh, and NBA insider Shams Chararian followed up with the annual compensation. It's unclear how much of that $30 million will be base pay as opposed to potential enticements for affiliate referrals. Furthermore, the deal likely includes the pay for McAfee's co-host, A.J. Hawk, and his crew of producers and other, uh, and other show contributors. But still, you know, it's $30 million over you know, 10 people. That's, uh, you could say that's, uh, that's pretty good money. Aaron Rodgers was uh, a weekly guest, uh, guest on the Pat McAfee show, and he came out on November 5th, and he shared uh, you know, what his perspective was. I'm going to play uh, close to 20 minutes of this, and you can see you know, just how thoughtful Aaron Rodgers was. He chose his words carefully, but you could see that uh, the man, uh, just like Nicki Minaj, and obviously they express themselves differently, but... Uh, you can see in detail how he thought about these issues related to the inoculations and why he did what he did. Very interesting. This is from November 5th, Pat McAfee Show. Okay, good. Let's get right to it. All right, I feel like uh, what we have been able to, you know, I don't want to say build with you in your incredible you know, just how nice you are with your time with us every single Tuesday. People have learned a lot about you through this show, and I'm very thankful for that. Every Tuesday, I think a lot of thoughts were potentially changed about you. People that once thought something about you changed after hearing you speak. So when all of this information came out, there was a lot of haters out there, obviously, that immediately started bearing you, but there was a lot of people that listened to you on Tuesdays that say, hey, he's actually an incredibly deep person, an incredibly intelligent person, uh, somebody that you would actually like. There has to be reasons for everything that we're hearing about right now. So I appreciate you so much for this incredible honor that we have uh, to potentially allow you to have a platform and a floor to explain your side of this whole thing. And uh, I can't wait to hear We're incredibly lucky for it. The floor is yours, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> uh, thank you, buddy. Um, Water, water I realize I'm in the crosshairs of the woke mob right now, so before my final nail gets put in my cancel culture uh, casket, I think I'd like to set the record straight on so many of the uh, blatant lies that are out there about myself right now. Um, and I appreciate the opportunity to tell my side story on here. First of all, I didn't lie in the initial press conference. Uh, during that time, it was a very, uh, you know, witch hunt uh, that was going on across the league where everybody in the media was so concerned about who was vaccinated and who wasn't and what that meant and who was being selfish and who would talk about it. What it meant if they said it's a personal decision, they should, shouldn't have to disclose their own uh, medical information and whatnot. And at the time, my plan was to say that I've been immunized. Um, it wasn't uh, some sort of ruse or lie, it was the truth, and I'll get into the whole immunization in, in a second, but uh, 
had there been a follow-up to my statement that I've been immunized, I would have responded uh, with this. I would have said, look, um, I'm not, uh, you know, some sort of anti-vax flat earther. Um, I, I am somebody who's a critical thinker. Uh, you guys know me. I march to the beat of my own drum. I believe strongly in bodily autonomy and the ability to make choices for your body, not to have to acquiesce to some woke culture or crazed, you know, group of individuals who say you have to do something. Health is not a one-size-fits-all for everybody. And for me, it involved a lot of study in the off-season, much like the study I put into Host and Jeopardy or the weekly study I put in the Planet of the Game. I put a lot of time and energy and research and met with a lot of different people in the medical field to get the most information about the vaccines before making a decision. And in actuality, it was pretty easy in the beginning to eliminate two of them. And it didn't involve going into the questionable history of some of their uh, criminal activities and fraud cases or any of that stuff. It was simply the fact that I have uh, an allergy to an ingredient that's in the mRNA vaccines. So on the CDC's own website, it says, should you have an allergy to any of the injuries, you should not get one of the mRNA vaccines. So those two were out already. So my only option was Johnson & Johnson. At this time, in the early spring, I had heard of multiple people who had had adverse events around getting the change. Nothing that was no deaths or anything, but just some really difficult uh, times and physical uh, uh, abnormalities around uh, the J&J shot. And then in mid-April, the J&J shot got pulled for clotting issues, if you remember that, right? So the J&J shot was not even an option at that point. So then my options became, okay, what can I do to protect myself and my teammates um, if there's not one of the big three options for me in my own body? And so I looked into and talked again to a lot of medical individuals uh, and professionals and found that there was an immunization protocol that I could go to to best protect myself and my teammates. And it was a long-term protocol uh, that involved, uh, you know, multiple months. And um, I'm very, uh, you know, proud of the research that went into that. Um, and, and, you know, the, the individuals that I met with, and we felt like it was what was best for me. It was not, again, something that the league didn't know about. The league was fully aware of it uh, upon my return uh, to the Packers. And it was at that point that I petitioned them to accept my immunization status uh, as under their vaccination protocol. Now, um, at the time, they had only had the, the big three was what they are going to do. And if you weren't uh, in the vaccinated category, you were...
unvaccinated category. And I also said, how come there's no exemptions for medical exemptions, uh, religious exemptions, pre-existing conditions? And they basically said, look, those are all basically exempted, but you would be put in the non-vaccinated category. Uh, I'll get into what that meant from a scheduling standpoint shortly, but uh, there wasn't any way of getting around that in their mind. So after they came back and said, no, you will, you're unvac, I said, okay, I'm going to appeal this. Um, and so we went through the process, uh, which was a multi-week process, um, where I asked them for time to gather information. I gathered over 500 pages of research. Um, on the efficacy of immunizations, uh, all the latest research um, surrounding my case, everything from mask wearing to um, to uh, the efficacy of the vaccines and the duration of the uh, antibodies, just all the latest research, right, that, that I was getting uh, from my medical team, and. In that process, we had many conversations. I enjoyed the conversation with the league. It was, it was good sharing. But one in particular stood out when I knew I was not going to win this. I had a meeting, and they said, one of the main docs said, it's impossible for a vaccinated person to get COVID or spread COVID. And at that point, I knew that uh, you know, I was definitely not going to win the deal. And it was very shortly thereafter that denied, which we know now that's that information is totally false that was given to me. Um, you know, my desire to immunize myself was what was best for my body, and that's why this is so important to me. Um, my medical team advised me that the danger of the end to get of an adverse event was greater than the risk of getting COVID and recovering. So I made a decision that was investments of my body. You know, I don't, not telling somebody to not get vaccinated or to get vaccinated. I think you should do what's in the best interest of your body. If you're scared of, of, uh, of COVID or if you have uh, COVID morbidities, then getting vaccinated is probably in your best option. But if you have immunocompromised system or if you have previous conditions, then make the decision that's in your best interest. And that's what I did. I made the decision that was in my best interest. Um, and the, the other part to it is that I've talked about this on, I think, on the show before, but the next great chapter of my life, I believe, is being a father. And it's something that I care about a lot. And to my knowledge, there's been zero long-term studies around uh, sterility or fertility issues uh, around the vaccines. So that was definitely something that I was worried about. Um, and I went through my mind. Now, obviously, having... Uh, you know, an allergy to an ingredient took me off of being able to, to take the mRNA anyway. But that, even if I didn't have that, that would be something that would give me a little bit of pause because we don't know what the long-term effects of these are. There's still clinical trials going on through 2023. So to just like when people just say, oh, just get the jab, just get the jab. Well, uh, first of all, everybody's body is different than one. And second of all, there's a lot of things we don't know about this. So, so that's, that's just one thing I really want to stress there. And again, the organization knew exactly what my status was. My teammates knew exactly what my status was. There was uh, nothing that was hidden. Um, during the time uh, of preseason was during the time of the appeal. I thought actually at various times I was going to win the appeal. 
Um, uh, and I think that people have said I'd wear a mask during the preseason. Um, but I don't, I think mean, some of the rules to me are not based in science at all. They're based purely in trying to out and shame people, like needing to wear a mask uh, at a podium when every person in the room is vaccinated and wearing a mask makes no sense to me. If you got vaccinated to, you know, to protect yourself from a virus that I don't have as an unvaccinated individual, then why are you worried about anything that I can give you? Let me let me hit on protocols now because that's obviously not out there as well. I have followed every single protocol to a T, minus that one I just mentioned, which makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, but my my daily routine is the routine of an unvaccinated person, which is I have to, you know, test early before, you know, starting the season, vaccinated people test once every two weeks, non-vaccinated once a day, which, again, that's not based in science at all. You, know, you can have vaccinated people who actually carry and spread the virus, uh, not testing for two weeks, and non-vaccinated people are the safest people in the building because we're the ones who are testing every single day and wearing masks the entire time. But instead, we're being made to think that we're the dangerous ones, we're the super spreaders, uh, when in fact we're the most infested by our body every single day. But these protocols that we have, to, we, we, uh, we've had to go through a test every single day, 5 a.m. on uh, noon games as well, which I don't understand why 5 a.m., but 5 a.m. in the morning on noon games. Uh, you test in the morning, and before you go to the facility, you got to wait in your car uh, for 30, 40 minutes so they'll give you the okay to go in. Non-vaccinated vaccinated people test and just go right in. Uh, so we had somebody test the other day. Vaccinated person tests, goes in, has breakfast, test positive. Uh, and then, oh, shit, bummer, he just had breakfast with five people. Um, wait in my car, mask every day in the facility, so I mask up every single day in the facility, physically distance from, uh, from everybody else. I have major travel restrictions, so I can't leave the hotel, um, can't have dinner with teammates, even though I tested negative that morning to even get on the flight. Um, the only people I see at the hotel are uh, vaccinated people. Good catch, happy uh, COVID hasn't caught your uh, instincts. Yeah. Only people I see at the hotel are vaccinated people, um, but uh, I have to wear a mask the entire time. I can't see anybody. Can't see anybody after the game. Uh, I work out off to the side in the weight room in a mask. Again, there's many studies about the efficacy of uh, masks uh, for workouts or the higher levels of CO2 inhaled during workouts and how it affects performance and body function. Um, not allowed to use the sauna or the steam room. I have to wear a yellow wristband at all times, basically shouting to the world, I'm uh, unclean and unvaxxed. Um, and in this situation now, 10 days off regardless of tests or symptoms. So I'm sitting here uh, two days in. Uh, I had some symptoms Tuesday night, tested positive Wednesday morning. That didn't feel great yesterday. I'll get into what I've been doing, but I feel really good today. Um, this is Friday. Uh, but 10 days off regardless, where a vaccinated person um, just has to have two back-to-back -back, uh, negative tests. When it comes to the science again for non-vaccinated, it came up last week because Alan Lazard was in close contact to uh, Devontae Adams, and Alan uh, is, is not vaxxed, and 
tried to cancel him for that, but they also didn't bring up the fact that he tested negative every single day. So just because he was close contact and not vaxxed, this is what the league has done, is they've made it, you know, hard for people, uh, you know, to, to have a decision because, well, well you're, you know, you're uh, close contact. That means you're out for five days. Not based on any science other than we're going to just keep this propaganda narrative going that unvaccinated people are the uh, most dangerous people in society. Um, so, uh, and again, can I ask some? Can I ask some questions here now? Yeah, let me finish up here. Got it. Got it. I just want to say, you know, that is what the media has been trying to do. They're trying to shame out uh, and cancel all of us non-vaccinated people. Call us selfish. I mean, that's the propaganda line, too. Now, you're selfish for making a decision that's in the best interest of your body. Now, I've already spelled out, which I shouldn't have to, but I've already spelled out the issues of my own personal body and my own personal health, right? That, uh, you know, I have issues related to ingredients in the, in, in the, uh, in the mRNA vaccines. Uh, that the J&J got pulled, not to mention the numerous issues with the J&J vaccine to this day. Um, that I went out and, on my own, paid for, did research, and, and went out and did... Uh, an immunization protocol that's been used uh, homeopathy has been around for centuries and uh, the doctors that I consulted with have been doing this for decades uh, the same type of stuff for children and, and, and adults who have immunocompromisation uh, they have freezing conditions or reasons that they cannot take traditional vaccines um, the league didn't offer any opportunity for uh, you know, alternative uh, medicines uh, or treatments, as I'll get into. But, but, but um, I think the thing that, that is so disappointing is that it was not just that, but it was the coercion and the collusion. You know, of GM saying they're not going to they're not going to sign non-vaccinated players, and the coercion for player 54 through 90 who thinks. If I don't make this squad that I'm on now in training camp I'm, and I'm not vaxxed, my, my career is over. Um, so there wasn't even opportunities. Workers in those same environments had no opportunity. Workers at the facilities, and it's happened all over the country. You're seeing these mandates for firefighters and policemen and government workers who are saying, well, no, it's, you know, what about my body, my choice? You know, what about making the best decision for my own? circumstance and that, that, that again that health is, is not a one-size-fits-all thing I and mean, that's the thing that's, that's most disappointing look at our squad we've had you know I'm the second uh, non-vax player to test positive it's pretty evident I tested positive being around a vaccinated individual I mean that's the majority of people I spend time with um, there's been dozens of individuals that work at the facility that are vaxxed that tested positive so this idea that it's a pandemic of the unvaccinated is just a total lie. And I go back to like these two questions for the, uh, you know, for this whole mob. Like uh, number one, if the vaccine is so great, then how come people are still getting COVID and spreading COVID and unfortunately dying from COVID? Like if the vaccine is so safe then how come the manufacturers of the vaccine have full immunity? So let's just step back and realize, like, 
this vaccine is revolutionary, the things that they're doing. However, we don't know a whole lot about it. And to just say that it's a blanket for all that ails you, in my opinion, is wrong and reckless. And for the media out there taking shots at me, like, you don't know my story, now you do. So quit lying about me. And personal health decisions, in my opinion, should be private. And they shouldn't have to be, like, gone through the ringer and over-scrutinized by, you know, people who are just pushing their own type of propaganda on the people and, and ideals. You want to have a conversation about it? I'm more than one to have a conversation about it. But bodily autonomy is a right. And the shaming and the outing that, you know, people seem to get off on so much of finding these people who, you know, oh, my God, can you believe these crackpots who are not vaccinated? Everybody has their own story. Everybody has their own story and their own issues and, and their own reasons for doing things. But this shaming cancel society, that is wrong. And I made a choice that was in my best interest. You might respect it. You might hate it. But I bet you the same people that hate it are the same people that are really going to hate the fact that I'm 40 hour, 48 hours in and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan, after he got COVID. And I've been doing a lot of the stuff that he recommended in his podcasts and, you know, on the phone to me. And I'm going to have the best immunity possible now based on the 2.5 million person study from Israel that people who get COVID and recover have the most robust immunity. And I'm thankful for people like Joe stepping up and using their voice. I'm thankful for my medical squad. Um, and I'm thankful for all the love and support I've gotten. But I've been taking monoclonal antibodies, ivermectin, zinc, vitamin C, and DHEQ, and I feel pretty incredible. Okay, so you said a lot there. Yeah, in the question and answer, I won't play it. Aaron Rodgers went on and he started talking about the fact that, yeah, he's engaged and uh, he, uh, he, he and his fiancée plan to have children. And uh, based upon his research, it's just not clear that the vaccine would, would uh, have no effect. And it's actually worse than that. There's no reason to believe it will help. There's every reason to believe it would only hurt. Uh, Aaron Rodgers really didn't back down. Biden, uh, President Biden, the man with dementia, took a swipe at him a couple weeks ago. And then uh, he came back and <laughs> he basically said, science that can't be questioned is propaganda. He was back on the... Uh, the, uh, the Pat McAfee show, and uh, that was uh, that was really that was really wonderful that he said that. This clip uh, this clip is from uh, just the uh, December 28th, a few days ago, and so uh, it, it's a lot it's uh, a lot more brief. <laughs> I, I've gotten accused of spreading misinformation uh, when I talk about my you know, the treatment plan that I used. Uh, to get better that's been used by a number of people and doctors. If you watched uh, Dr. McCullough on Rogan, who's, he's a cardiologist, epidemiologist, he goes at length to talk about, and he's double vaxxed, he talks about the treatment plans and use of people. I think one of my issues, and I've, I've brought this so many times, is one, they don't talk about the fact that, uh, you know, guys are, are getting better using this, this uh, people are getting better using these things. That's fine, you don't want to talk about that. 
But how come in a league where we're seeing with 51 guys on the list yesterday, there's still zero conversation, at least publicly, around treatment options for people that, that test positive? I do know behind the scenes, this is 100% true, there are many teams who are using or recommending a lot of the same treatments that I got for their players. So Dr. Joe There's treatments being talked about behind closed doors, but publicly I don't understand why we can't talk about treatments. And, and because I think it needs to be not just talked about with the NFL players, but with the rest of the country, that there are ways of, whether it's Delta or Omicron, it seems like there's, there's not... You know, there's not a lot of major symptoms. But if you have Delta like I did, there's treatment options that actually help. You know, and, and if you don't agree with the ones I use, well, let's come up with some other ones. You know, instead of, like, sticking a person, you know, putting 10 days in an isolation, you know, with, and, and not able to see anybody in zero treatment options, to me, that's just, if science can't be questioned, it's not science anymore, it's propaganda. Ooh, you're going to start some shit. scientific study, right, what do they always say? They say it's a peer-reviewed, right? What does that mean? It means that people in the same field have gone through it and questioned the hypothesis and questioned the research and looked it up to see, does this research stand up? That's what science is all about. It's about forming hypotheses, questioning those, testing those, and then releasing the results. That's, I mean, when did science become this blind uh, agreement with, uh, and then not having any debate over what can actually heal people and, and work for people? Well, well Aaron, the, the reason is, is because as soon as you say one of the things you just said, and you said a lot of things there, so I want to let you know, I appreciate you speaking your truth, how you feel. Well, a 500-page report is something that kind of gets thrown aside whenever they talk about you, but they hear you say one thing, so they think you're against a massive amount of doctors that have said, hey, this is what we should be doing, this is what we should do, and that's how they get all their information. Now, granted, I have been very open. Charles Barkley came on here and said he's a vaccination guy, and he gave his reasons why he promoted it, and I was thankful for that. I think everybody, situations are situational. They should understand that the other side exists, and you just so happen to be one of the faces of one of the sides that some people don't know or appreciate that they exist. And as a society, I think we've got to get to a point where like, let's just fucking move along here. Right, Aaron, is there anything that's going to come that's going to change your mind on all this or no? Look, I think at the core is that I don't have a problem if somebody's vaccinated. Okay? That it's your body, your choice. Hey, I'm vaccinated, by the way. I'd like to let everybody know. Awesome. You made a decision you thought was in your best interest. And I researched, and I have other issues. You know, my, my, I'm talking about my allergy. Like, do the mRNA vaccinations. Like, but I made a decision that was the best interest of my body, and that's what it should be. There should be the freedom to choose what's in your best interest, not, uh, you know, uh, mandates sweeping that, that disregard people who have pre-existing conditions or uh, compromised immune systems, autoimmune diseases, or allergies to ingredients in the vaccine. That, that puts you in a whole different category, and that should be okay. And also, it's, it's you're making decisions for your body. I, what I don't understand is vaccinated people blaming non-vaccinated people because the vaccine that they took to avoid getting the virus didn't stop them from getting the virus. Well, I want to let you know, 
that you probably are going to get a lot of mentions about how much they hate what you feel, but I feel like you've been very consistent. Right. Hey, you've been consistent, though. Yeah. I'm sparing my opinion. I'm not a doctor. I get it. That's what people hammer me most about. But I consulted with a number of doctors, MDs, naturopaths, homeopathic doctors, and figured out what worked best for me. Okay? I'm not some uneducated person who's doing about you want to rip on me because I took four dewormer and whatever else you want to talk about. That's fine. But I also got better in 48 hours. And I had symptoms. Yeah, they don't like they don't like it when someone in position influence like Aaron Rodgers says, you know, I object to the fact when vaccinated people get COVID-19 and then they blame unvaccinated people for why the vaccine they have didn't work. They don't like that. It's uh, that pure logic that they just, they just do not like that. Aaron Rodgers, at least on Twitter and Instagram, does not have the following that Nicki Minaj has. He's got 4.5 million followers on Twitter, 1.9 million on Instagram. But his influence is, uh, is huge as a uh, reigning NFL MVP. And they do not like people exposing the idiocy. They do not like that. I, I think he was restrained. I think he could have said more. What he said was good. But uh, he doesn't want to. He doesn't want to create unnecessary controversy. He had a piece about saying it should be a conversation, not a controversy. But of course, it's a controversy whenever you disagree with the mainstream narrative. And as far as Aaron Rodgers not being a doctor, the doctors disagree with one another. Uh, anyone could take literally two minutes of research, three minutes, and see how many doctors completely disagree with the efficacy and the safety of the clot shots. Okay, you mentioned Dr. Malone. Uh, you could talk about Dr. Joseph Mercola, who has one of the most, uh, I would say, visited and successful sites on the website. Been talking about natural health for years. Rashad Buttar, licensed in California, North Carolina. Uh, Sherry Tenpenny, licensed in Ohio. Many, many doctors go to America's Frontline Doctors. Uh, their website was taken down once, if not twice. You go to their website and see how many doctors uh, with America's Frontline Doctors, what they think about the alleged COVID-19 vaccine. So the idea that the science is settled is absurd. The idea that the vaccine is safe and effective is absurd when, as I've said before, and I'll say again, there are no long-term studies, traditional protocols for for existing, for old vaccine technology was set to 10 years. This is new technology. It was developed in less than one year. They skipped the animal studies when they used similar mRNA technology on ferrets and cats. They all died. They were fine when they, after they were inoculated, after they were injected, but then when they were exposed to an active coronavirus, all cats and ferrets died. So uh, they don't like Aaron Rodgers saying those things. And I hope the Green Bay Packers, I haven't followed the NFL for a good seven years. hope the Green Bay Packers win a Super Bowl. Uh, I hope he gets MVP again. And I hope uh, at the end of the season he's very vocal on this. He gets more vocal because it's obvious he's not intimidated. Uh, he's, not, he's not backing down. There's been others. There's been Kyrie Irving in the, for the uh, New York Nets. He hasn't backed down. Uh, they said based upon the uh, 
the stupid rule in New York City. He couldn't play all season, even in away games. And now they seem to, now they seem to have said, no, it's okay. A couple of weeks ago, now he could, he could play in away games for some reason. Uh, what, what should we expect in 2022? What should we expect? Well, I think something has to happen to scare people. Right now, people are not terrified of the alleged SARS-CoV-2 virus, which allegedly causes COVID-19. I say that, you know, studies would say roughly 23% of the people, at least in the States, are on board. You know, these are the people still masking up everywhere they go, pretty terrified. They believe everything on the TV. That's not a majority. And I'd say there's probably 20, 30% that know it's a hoax. And, you know, within that 20, 30%, some are more open like me about it. Others aren't. And then you got around 40% in the middle that kind of know it's fake, but they still go along to get along, which in long term, I mean, it's dangerous. You never, you never get your freedom back by sacrificing your freedom, okay? You will never get your freedom back in any culture by sacrificing your freedoms. That's one of the many lies that they've talked about, that they've used throughout this psychological operation. So having said that, because they are losing the narrative, again, if they weren't afraid about the influence of people, they would not have viciously attacked and spent a lot of time attacking Nicki Minaj and Aaron Rodgers. And again, I'm delighted at the fact Aaron Rodgers does not back down. Yeah, he's just, he, he just, he won't back down. That's good. So I think something, the powers that shouldn't be, the global elite, otherwise known as the New World Order, they're going to have to do something to get people afraid because people that are afraid are compliant when people are disoriented and afraid then they're willing to do things they wouldn't normally do. They are accepting things then. People have been programmed, especially, uh, especially I'd say, in the 20th century with the expansion of the so-called uh, welfare state. People have been programmed to look towards the state as their savior. Uh, if there's an issue with the economy, people look towards the state. Um, I remember a couple of years ago working with someone and gas prices were uh, were going up. He says, "Well, yeah, the government has to basically come in and put a price freeze on." I oh, asked, yeah, "That's that's beautiful. You know, let the government do that, and then see see what happens to the supply of gas or any other commodity." Uh, but people have been primed. People have been socialized to look towards the state to provide solutions when they should not. Something I think is going to have to happen. One event or a series of events, I think, will have to happen to get people sufficiently frightened to capitulate to the ongoing medical martial law plan. Because remember, we're talking about vaccine passports. The vaccine passport, Max, you can see this, it's essentially a social participation passport. In other words, they want you to have, they want you to have a credential that will be digital, will be with you at all times to participate in society. And it sounds better to create the illusion of this COVID-19 nonsense to say, well, it's a vaccine passport. No, it's a social participation, it's a social, social activity passport. I had mentioned before on this show that early on, this may have been 
even in 2019, if not it was early 2020, I heard on public radio in North Carolina, they were saying in the future there would not only be checkpoints between states, but between counties. So if you had a flare-up of COVID-19 in one county in North Carolina, you might need a credential then to cross over to another county. So this is this is where it's going. What do they need right now, at least in the states? And there's been tremendous pushback, tremendous pushback in Australia and a number of European countries, especially Germany. Germany's gotten much more uh, totalitarian with the medical martial law. So there's been tremendous pushback in those states, in those nation states. Uh, they're, they're really losing the narrative, so something's going to have to happen. One, one thing that normally works is the false flag attack. The false flag being you, you attack yourself, but you dress up in the flag or the colors of your enemy to blame someone else. Okay? The false flag attack. It's worked very well. Like 9-11 was an inside job. You know, they blamed Osama bin Laden. You do a little research, you find out jet fuel does not melt steel. Three buildings came down on 9-11 in New York City. Planes allegedly hit two. World Trade Center 7 fell at three fall speed around 5 p.m. that day. Impossible. Explanation's impossible. So what would potential false flags attacks, what would they be? The big one, a big one would be a cyber false flag attack. attack cyber false flag attack. Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum, which really should be called the world, the world building totalitarian, moving towards totalitarian rule forum. Uh, he's, he gave at least one speech saying that uh, a major cyber attack would be far more damaging to the world than COVID-19. Far more damaging. Uh, it looks like the circumstantial evidence that is in the works, uh, just as they had event 201, which is a tabletop exercise where they simulated a coronavirus outbreak that happened a few months before the so-called SARS-CoV-2 popped up in China and then allegedly spread around the world. They had that tabletop exercise, event 201. So it's been a similar, some similar, a, a similar discussion at least with the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. Get to that in a moment. Uh, if that happens, they could take down all all the internet. It'd be hard to it, to part of the internet. But you take down it would be difficult to take down all the internet. The internet was developed by the Pentagon, but it's decentralized. So there's allegedly an internet kill switch, but it couldn't affect the world. So parts of the internet could go down. It would be hard pressed if we're talking about financial financial false flag attack, like let's say Bank of America, their systems allegedly were hacked. And of course, I don't believe that could happen. Not massively, not, not take down the entire, the entire bank system. Why would that affect, if that happened to Bank of America, why would that affect Wells Fargo or other banks? Makes no sense, but you scare people, they tend to believe it. If they want to create the ultimate or far more fear, they take down the power grid. The power grid in the United States is centralized into three different parts of the country. So the continental United States, sad to say, is tied to three different parts, three parts of the power grid. 
It should be obviously hard and decentralized. So for years, people have warned about this. People like G. Edward Griffith, they've warned about it. It's like they want something to happen because they'd cause it themselves. They could have hardened the grid and they'd have it decentralized and says it's centralized in three different parts for the entire continental United States. Any event or events that could cause war with China could break out. They're constantly talking, where they're talking recently about the issue in, the U- in Ukraine. In Ukraine, the United States, through non-government organizations, Victoria Newland bragged about this, caused the color revolution. The current government in Ukraine took power over a coup that was backed by the CIA in the West. For years, Russia has said a red line is if Ukraine joins NATO, they would consider that an act of war. Why? Consider how the United States would react if Russia or China set up a treaty or some type of agreement, legal agreement with Mexico or Canada, and then put missiles and troops on the border of Mexico and Canada just next to the United States. How would the U.S. react? So Russia has said openly for years, if Ukraine joins NATO, they'll, they'll, they'll interpret that as an act of war. With good reason. Uh, an event may cause a war with China. China considers Taiwan part of the mainland. The United States essentially accepted that in the 80s under Reagan. And now they're saying, oh, maybe that's not the case. It could be an event that's, or a series of events that starts, results in war with Russia and or China. Artificial scarcity of food. Artificial scarcity of food combined with inflation. You go to the Ice Age Farmer, iceagefarmer.com, sees videos. I'm not sure if he's still on YouTube. He's definitely on BitChute. Uh, he covers this, Christian, all the time. They're shutting down supply chains uh, because there's big companies that control, especially meat, that are shutting things down. So that, the artificial scarcity combined with the inflation, there's going to be food shortages. Getting back to the cyber attack, that could easily cause a run on banks. If you don't know, we have in the United States what's called the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. So allegedly, they claim the federal government could, could insure all deposits up to, I don't know, $100,000 or $200,000. What they don't tell you is that the minimum reserve requirement, in other words, the minimum reserve requirements when deposits are made to a bank in the past used to have to be you know, 8, 10, 12% of all deposits would be there, meaning if any series of events happen, something happened that caused people to then want to withdraw their funds, if, yeah, it may not sound like a lot, but with the numbers, if you had at least 10% reserve requirements, yeah, normally the bank would stay, uh, would stay viable. It wouldn't default. A couple of years ago, they changed that. The minimum reserve requirement in the United States is zero. That's right, there's zero. It kind of sounds like they want to run on the banks, and that would definitely lead towards 100% cash the system. And they've been talking about central bank digital currencies, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Mexico, just read an article today, Mexico has decided they're going to move, in the, they're going to, move to implement central bank digital currency. They want, to get, they want to get their tax on the 20, 22% of transactions in Mexico that are all cash. I think it's around the same in the states. Social disruption. Social disruption may be continue to be caused by the mainstream media. Uh, you see, the mainstream media continues to turn on the man with the mention of the White House Biden. I wouldn't be surprised the mainstream media at one point admits Trump should have won the selection of 2020. 
just to divide and distract us. Because people are fighting over Trump and Biden, they're not thinking about, hey, both parties say these shots are good, and they both basically want, want a retinal scan before I turn on the computer. And we'll talk about that. They need to scare people enough to accept a social interaction or a social activity passport that they want digital. So those are some of the things that could could well be on the horizon. Gonna play gonna play this video here. Interesting guy, boom uh, financial guy, bull boom bear bust on YouTube. Bull bull boom bear bust. He talks about this uh, to prepare for what may be coming since the IMF has talked about it. financial stimulus, 
everyone will notice, they'll know who to blame. So there are people out there that will tell you that there's a planned outage. That way they can bring this economy down and they can just blame some anonymous hacker that no one has the ability to know about or see or prove. Right? I'm not telling you I believe this. I really do not know what's going to happen. I, I do not work for the IMF. I do not work for any global financial institution. I do not have any connections to any world leaders that may have more knowledge about this. Uh, so again, I want to make it clear. I'm not saying this. I'm just letting you know what this Reuters article is telling us. And I'm asking the question, why are they preparing for such a massive cyber event? Please let me know down in comments. I tend to think it's just like many things that you can prepare for. Uh, there's fire drills. If you've ever been in a school that had a fire drill when you were a kid, um, doesn't mean that they're going to have a fire for sure. No, it just means that they're preparing. It could be something as innocent as preparing for something that could happen. Uh, other people are less trusting and they say this whole thing is engineered. It's all going to be uh, brought down on purpose. Again, I don't work for these global institutions. I don't know what they're doing. I'm just letting you know what they're preparing for. And if it wasn't possible, then why would they be preparing for it? So anything's possible. Anything could happen. Uh, the dangerous part is everyone's so hooked into the system right now. They're hooked into the grid. They're so dependent on instant credit, snap of a finger, borrow money, get money out of the machine, swipe your card, buy food, pay your utilities. If it doesn't happen, you're going to see chaos erupt very, very quickly. Again, in just two to three days, people will be freezing if they can't pay the utility bills. The northern states of the U.S. throughout Canada, you're going to see a lot of people not even survive for a few days um, unless the utility companies throw a lifeline and still keep the power on, still keep the gas on, even when people stop paying their bills. Possibility you could see that type of charity, uh, just like we saw in 2020, would be health crisis. You saw a lot of utility companies cancel payments. We saw student loans get canceled. Uh, they're still canceled, by the way. Uh, they pushed it back now to, I believe, May 2022 because people cannot repay these loans. So they just have to keep kicking the can down the road. And uh, some people say they can kick the can down the road forever. Other people say that at some point there's a breaking point, there's the straw that breaks the camel's back moment, uh, that one day we're just going to wake up and everything is going to go to instant chaos, instant collapse. Now, another article out of NASDAQ says the following, same headline, 10 countries simulate the cyber attack on the financial system, but it gives us a warning, quote, attackers are 10 steps ahead of the defender, and that's Michael Weiss, the financial cyber manager in Israel's finance ministry, and listen to this next part right here, quote, the Reuters piece uh, he was discussing is dated December 9th. It says exclusive IMF, meaning International Monetary Fund, 10 countries simulate cyber attack on global financial system. Jerusalem, December 9th, Reuters. Israel on Thursday led a 10 country simulation, simulation of a major cyber attack on the global financial system in an attempt to increase cooperation that could help to minimize any potential damage to financial markets and banks. See, everything they say is is opposite of reality. 
they're saying the solution to these attacks would be increased cooperation. So they want to centralize control. If they really want to shore up the system, it would be decentralized. Getting back to the article, a simulated war game, as Israel's finance ministry called it, and planned over the past year, evolved over 10 days, with sensitive data emerging on the dark web. The simulation also used fake news reports in this scenario, caused chaos in global markets and run on banks. Again, that sounds like Event 201 that led to that preceded when the COVID file. The simulation, going back to the article, the simulation likely caused by what officials called sophisticated players, featured several types of attacks that impacted global foreign exchange and bond markets, liquidity, integrity of data, and transactions between importers and exporters. These events are creating havoc in the financial markets, said the narrator of a film shown to, shown to the participants as part of the simulation and seen by Reuters. Israeli government officials said that such threats are possible in the wake of the many high-profile pro- high cyber attacks on large companies, and that the only way to contain any damage is through global cooperation, since current cybersecurity is not always strong enough. Once again, complete reverse from reality, completely opposite. If you want to shore up the system, make sure it's decentralized, not centralized. Then there's the attack The other, The guy made the YouTube video said, attackers are 10 steps ahead of the defender. No, no. Again, nothing could bring down the financial system of the world unless it's a false flag. There's no way. There's no way. It's, it's impossible. The Internet itself couldn't come down unless it was a false flag because the Internet's decentralized. The power grid, again, is not going to come down unless it's a false flag. And once again, in the States at least, I don't know the way it works in Europe, they could have hardened the power grid and said they centralized it. The entire continental United States shouldn't be tied to three just different parts of the grid. Maybe 50 parts? That'd be great, one for every state or so, or region? No. Participants in the initiative, which they called collective strength, again, they want the cooperation higher. As they move towards global government, they need regional government to get the world government. Participants in the initiative called collective strength include treasury officials from Israel, the United States, the United Kingdom, United Arab Emirates, Austria, Switzerland, Germany, Italy, the Netherlands, and Thailand, as well as representatives from the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, and Bank of International Settlements. The BIS, or the Bank of International Settlements, incidentally, is the central bankers, central bank. The narrator of the film in the simulation said governments were under pressure to clarify the impact of the, impact of the attack, which was paralyzing the global financial system. The banks are appealing for emergency liquidity assistance in a multitude of currencies to put a halt to the chaos as counterparties withdraw their funds and limit access to liquidity, leaving the banks in disarray and ruin. Okay, and once again, in the United States, at least, when the minimum reserve requirements is zero, it would take very little for a, for a bank, for a, any bank to go under. It would take very little because uh, people start to, to withdraw their funds and the bank, uh, the bank could, uh, could very well crash wouldn't take a lot. Global Research had a piece on December 28th, William F. William uh, Engdahl. Will the Federal Reserve crash global financial markets as a means implementing the Great Reset? Very similar. Very similar take uh, as in responding to that that exercise from uh, from the IMF. Uh, Agardal's piece says, 
the looming collapse of the dollar system, which will bring down most of the world with it owing to debt ties, will come as the major industrial nations go fully into economic self-destruction via their so-called Green New Deal in the EU and USA and beyond. The ludicrous zero-carbon policies to phase out coal, oil, gas, and even nuclear have already brought the EU electric grid to the brink of major power blackouts this winter, as dependency on unreliable wind and solar make up a major part of the grid. On December 31st, the Green New German government oversees the forced closing of three nuclear power plants to generate the electricity equivalent to the entire country of Denmark. Wind and solar can in no way fill the gaps. In the USA, Biden's misnamed Build Back Better policies had driven fuel coats, fuel costs to record highs. To raise interest rates in this conjunction will devastate the entire world, which seems to be precisely the plan. That Build Back Better, that's, uh, that's international. That, uh, that's international. So there you have it. Uh, there is uh, something, I think something again has to happen as they've lost, as the New World Order is losing the narrative on COVID. They need something else to scare the people. And they eventually do want cash society. They eventually do want central bank digital currencies. Perhaps that would be the scenario to get people to accept it. Uh, historically, every fiat currency has ultimately become worthless. The United States dollar, which is, should more accurately be called the Federal Reserve note, will be no different. They've only gone on with the sham this long because of Brent Wood's agreement passed after World War II. The world agreed to use the dollar as world reserve currency, and they call it the petrodollar because the nations that wanted oil would have to convert their currency to dollars. That's been changing over time. That's been changing slowly but surely over the last 10 plus years. We shall see. We shall see. I would love to uh, be on the show a year from now and say, you know, none of that stuff happened. Thank you to Pudgy Miller for the opportunity to use his form. You've been listening to the KIRP radio show. This has been last Friday night of the month, as well as last Friday night of the year, with your guest host, Rocco P. Happy New Year. K-I-R-P. Radio!